When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Postgame Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Gobble, gobble, Bears fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. And we come to you here on the afternoon of Thanksgiving for our Bears-Lions postgame show. The final whistle just blew, and our Chase Daniel-led Bears took care of business against Detroit. We've won 23-16, to but really, it all came down to the defense at the end of this game down the stretch. I'm Russell DeWitt, and to help me break down this Bears game, I'm joined by my fellow Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. Brothers, again, happy Thanksgiving to you. How's your holiday been? Obviously, a win like this definitely helps. Oh, it definitely helps. I had a, had a good breakfast this morning. I've never had a Thanksgiving breakfast until this morning, so I totally skipped lunch because I perched out on breakfast. And then right after this one, I'm going uh, back out for dinner. So looking forward to talking Bears here on a win. Then going to go eat more food. Hey, that's a perfect Thanksgiving right there. Um, After the show, I'm going to have to pick your brain about what exactly a Thanksgiving breakfast entails because I'm intrigued and I have a 365 <laughs> days to prepare for one myself. But Nick, how about you? I'm doing well. I went out last night with some friends. I haven't ate anything yet, so I am looking forward to Thanksgiving dinner right after this podcast finishes up. All right. And as you know, like I said, it's Thanksgiving. We're here right after the game and I'm currently having a party. All my family's downstairs right now. And uh, we want to keep this postgame show a little bit short. Um, Actually, I say a lot shorter because usually they're about an hour to 80 minutes. And this one we're planning on capping at about 20 minutes or so. We didn't want to leave you hanging, but we also want to get back to our kind of Thanksgiving festivities with our friends and family. So let's go ahead and jump right into our opening drive in the first quarter of our show. And let's go ahead and begin like we always do. And that's with this week's monster moment. 
and I had one, and it was going to be a Tariq Cohen touchdown, but I had to erase that because Eddie Jackson yet again changes the script of the entire game. Um, his pick six is going to be my monster moment because the Bears – um, on offense, they just went three and out after allowing Detroit to tie the game. And all the momentum was starting to swing towards Detroit. Now, this is the moment in the game where I was like, I don't know if we win this one. The defense like gassed. I was a little bit uh, cautious about my uh, optimism there. But then on the very first play of that series, Eddie Jackson, he jumps the route, takes it to the house, makes it 23-16 to 16, uh, with six minutes left. A huge play because on the previous two drives, the Bears defense uh, gave up 10 points. And, of course, a play like that helps make up for it. And that ended up being the difference maker. 23-16 to 16 was our final score. Uh, so, for me, that pick six by Eddie Jackson sealed the deal and it's going to be my monster moment here for Thanksgiving. Uh, Brandon, do you have a stat that we could be thankful for? I do. I've got a turnover stat that I'm very thankful for, and that's plus one. The Bears were plus one in that area today. Uh, Next guy, Trey Burton, didn't really have the the best day all around. He had the one fumble, and that's kind of where I sort of felt momentum starting to really slip away. Uh, But the offense was able to come back uh, and put points up on the board in a responding uh, manner, which was very nice to see. And then the defense, uh, with their two turnovers late, Eddie Jackson picking that ball off for the pick six, like Will had for his monster moment. Then Kyle Fuller icing the game in the end zone. Uh, Stafford just having to throw it away uh, to Roberts there in the end zone. He wasn't really looking for it. Fuller's there to pick it off, give us plus one in the turnover column, which is exactly what Nick said was going to have to be able to, to happen on Thursday in the preview show. He said we have to win the turnover uh, ratio, and we did. So plus one is going to be a stat of the day. Absolutely. I mean, even when you look at the rest of the stats, uh, there's nothing overly too telling. I think that is honestly the difference maker in which it was, hence by it being my monster moment. And then Kyle Fuller, too, give him credit for sealing the deal late. He made two great plays in the end zone down there to really hold Detroit off of the board. But uh, how about you, Nick? Are you going to give us a knack or a knack here on Thanksgiving? You got to go with a knack on Thanksgiving. This is one that's, uh, you know, a little bit out there. But when the Bears got that ball in the fourth quarter, that last possession, that last drive, it was a minute and seven seconds. Detroit had all three timeouts. But this time, unlike other times for the Bears offense, they were able to seal the deal, win the game on that possession. It was good with Tariq Cohen and James Daniels kind of carrying him over the line of scrimmage. Play that of was the a day. huge play of the day. It was huge. And the Bears don't give Matthew Stafford and that Lions offense another opportunity. Game ends there. Bears win on Thanksgiving on the road. So that's my neck, being able to finish completely on offense. Even though you have a backup quarterback, you're able to win the game by your own hands. That is a very veteran move and a very savvy one by James Daniels because – uh, like you said, uh, that sealed the deal, and that's something we haven't seen this Bears offense do, and I really thought we were going to be punting after three runs straight up yeah. the middle. I saw like the first two of Jordan Howard didn't do anything. I was like, well, here we go again. We're just going to punt, and then I was starting to sweat a little bit because the defense, like I mentioned earlier, they were gassed down the stretch with the short turnaround this week, um, but that was a very um, high IQ move from uh, James Daniels, and it reminded me of a few times we saw – uh, Olin Krutz do this with a Matt Forte with a Thomas Jones before. And I've seen that out of him. And Olin Krutz is someone who could eventually be in the Hall of Fame someday. And to see James Daniels out here uh, without 10 starts under his belt to make a very similar play, uh, was very um, exciting. And it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the potential that this kid has. But Brandon, over to you. Can you begin the lowdown? Why did the Bears win this game? It really just came down to defense. I mean, with, with Chase Daniel in there, not Trubisky. I mean, Chase Daniel missed some throws today. Uh, and it really came down to defense, especially late. The offense responded when they had to, uh, but the defense really locked down late in games. They were kind of bending a little bit there at the end, as we've seen. Uh, and then once they figured out that if we send a little bit of pressure, Stafford's going to hit these quick throws, as he was doing all afternoon, and that's when A. Jackson steps up, makes the pick six. And then when they force uh, these checkdowns uh, out of the equation, like we've seen in the uh, interception that sealed the game, where Leonard Floyd hits the running back, he's not 
able to go out and run his route. Stafford has to throw it a little bit deeper into the end zone. That results in another interception. So just because the pressure wasn't there, uh, the defense was still able to find ways to adjust and eliminate the short passing game, in which turn late in the game was what able was able to seal it. What about you, Nick? Do you agree? Is there anything else you want to bring up as why the Bears won this game? You know, I'll actually go on the offensive side. We saw Matt Nagy not turn it down any bit with Chase Daniel in there. There was a lot of deep passes that he was expecting Daniel to hit. Running the offense, you know, as if Mitch Trubisky was in the game. And I think, you know, at times that worked. And like Brandon said, Chase Daniel missed some throws. But for the most part, there were guys wide open still. Uh, Chase Daniel was able to hit the open targets, you know, get in the end zone a couple times. So it, it was creative enough for the Bears to, you know, stay balanced and be able to at least give the uh, Detroit defense something to think about because with a backup quarterback, you know, some teams can go very conservative. That wasn't the case for the bears. And I think I like, I like the approach that Matt Nagy went with. I would have liked to see a little bit more runs, but I like that he stayed aggressive in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff there, guys. Um, oh, well, you are muted right now. So you should uh, guess who are <laughs> unmute. <laughs> I hit the button. Apparently, it didn't work. I appreciate letting me know that, guys. I've uh, been dealing with some bronchitis. I've been coughing here in the background oh, no. while I'm muting. Yeah, not fun at all. But Mucinex, uh, not, not a sponsor of the show. I have to make sure we have a disclaimer. But it's, been, it's been helping over the last couple of days. Um, but what I was trying to say, uh, even though you couldn't hear me, was um, let's go ahead and jump right in MVB because you guys did a great job of giving us the lowdown. And my MVB of the game, I'm if I gave Eddie Jackson the monster moment for that play, um, which I thought was the most pivotal play of the entire game, I have to give him um, this week's MVB because, uh, like I said, that was a difference maker because of Detroit. Um, they were doing a good job of kind of milking the clock and going down the field. They could have easily uh, consumed that entire drive, marched their way down there, either found a way for uh, six points or even a field goal and ended up winning this game. But that interception by Eddie Jackson, like I said, changed the entire dynamic of this game and put the Bears on top. And, of course, the celebration, which is looking like a Super Bowl shuffle 2.0, uh, <laughs> takes it over the top for me. So for me, Eddie Jackson is going to be my MVP. Nick, how about you? Yeah, it's got to be Eddie Jackson for me, too. And it's funny when we were watching that play, as the play is about to get snapped, about to go underway, I'm like, we need a pick six here. We absolutely need a pick six here. Then my uncle's on the couch watching, my brother, they're like, Holy crap, you just called him. Eddie Jackson gets a pick six, runs the other way, read that route perfectly underneath stuff. They knew uh, exactly what the Lions were doing, all this underneath stuff. And Eddie Jackson's so instinctive, allowed that to take over. But, yeah, he's easily my MVP. He changes games. He is the best safety in the league right now. No one's playing better football. And it's great that the Bears can have him, Khalil Mack, all these guys. But he's definitely deserving of the MVP. What about you, Brandon? He is definitely deserving, and I think he's gotten plenty of love so far. So I'm going to give it to the backup quarterback, Chase Daniel, uh, because after the Trey Burton fumble, Detroit goes down and scores. Uh, and then just time and time again after, well, I shouldn't say that, the two times that Detroit went down and scored touchdowns immediately after that, uh, Chase Daniel was able to lead the offense down and be able to put points on the board like with no hesitation. Uh, so the fact that he's able to get command of the huddle, lead the team down the field, he wasn't perfect on the day, but for the most part, he was he was there uh, to lead the lead the offense through the through the entirety of the game. And I mean, like I said, he wasn't perfect, but he didn't have any interceptions, uh, no turnovers for Chase Daniel today through the two touchdowns. So overall, he did what was asked of him, and I think maybe a little bit more as well because he caught a pass today. Uh, so sure. overall, I think Chase Daniel deserves it uh, for leading this offense. Yeah, good stuff there, guys. Let's go ahead and just move right on along. Like I said, expedited post-game show today. So we're entering the second quarter of our show, and it's time to briefly break down the Bears' offense as a performance. And, Nick, I want to go to you. Brandon was just talking about Chase Daniel. I want to know, what are your thoughts about how he played today? I think 
I mean, of course, he played well enough to win, which is exactly what we want. I know he set a ton of career highs today, which I know that's pretty simple when you have less than, like, what, five starts under your belt after nine years in the league. But regardless, I thought he played admirably in the uh, Trubisky spot. He played with a lot of uh, grit, emotion. Um, I think we did see some ways in which he potentially was, was holding this offense back, which, of course, makes you appreciate Trubisky just a little bit more. Um, but how would you assess Daniel Daniel's day? You know, uh, he did a, he did a great job today, especially coming on a short week from that Sunday night to this Thursday morning game. Uh, like I said, Matt Nagy didn't uh, keep anything back in this offense. He was able to run what he wanted to run. Yes, there were times where Daniel missed some throws. Uh, there were some guys that were running wide open. But uh, look, the the line didn't hold on those certain plays where there are guys wide open. But I thought he did a good enough job to at least win this game. I was a little surprised at how much they were passing. 37 passing attempts uh, in a game on the road with your backup. Didn't expect that. I mean, I think the very first couple of plays, the Bears come out passing the ball. You just don't expect that. But then again, you get the the quarterback in a rhythm, get him comfortable, and that that worked out in the end. And he was able to give his playmaker some options, uh, especially, you know, just Allen Robinson. He's a very sure-handed wide receiver, just giving him chances to make make plays so I liked how Chase Daniel played today again the Bears won and that's the most important thing absolutely finished today with 106.8 passer rating 27 to 37 230 yards uh, 6.2 yards per pass two touchdowns and we know Detroit's defense is one of the worst ones in terms of you know their secondary and eliminating the pass and I think that's why we saw 37 attempts today um, but regardless when you only run the ball 15 times only 38 yards on the ground it's Again, we've been talking about this all season, the lack of establishing the run, and it's very inconsistent. And this is why, on the preview show, we had no idea what to expect from the Bears. Still, I thought we would average more than 2.5 yards per carry for a team and uh, 38 yards total on the ground. Brandon, why were we unable to really establish the run here today? I just don't think that they kept with it. Uh, again, it was something that you know we've talked about. Not sure if Nagy's able to, to trust his running game quite yet. Uh, but ultimately it came down at the end of the game where the running game saved the day, uh, put the game on ice. So, I mean, even though they didn't establish it for the whole game, they did just enough to be able to help this game out. So I'm not really going to complain about a, a two and a half yard average uh, on the day, 15 attempts for 30 yards. Like you said, uh, just, I, I just think that Detroit won the point of attack on defense a little bit more, especially in the run game on both sides of the ball for Detroit. So I just got to, you got to kind of tip your hats off to them. I don't think the bears were expecting to come out swinging like that on the running game, both offensively and defensively, but it's not like the end of the world on this one. I don't think. Yeah. And Tariq Cohen's 10 yard run was the longest of the day to seal this game. So when it mattered, the bears were able to do what they needed to do. Um, Nick, how about you looking at some of these uh, receivers through the year today? Um, Taylor Gabriel, last time we played Detroit was shut out. Today, seven catches, 49 yards, ended up leading the team in both catches while tied with Tariq Cohen um, with the seven-yard average. Um, he was very – I was in and out of the kitchen, uh, so for me it was hard to kind of pay attention to each and every play. But it seemed like every time the Bears had the ball and I was able to sit down and watch it for at least a few moments, uh, Gabriel was coming up with a big catch underneath and able to turn it up. What was uh, your takeaway from um, him? And let's talk about Tariq Cohen because he also kind of surprised me. Not, I won't say surprised, but was more effective through the air today than I thought potentially he would be. Even though he was going to be uh, my MVB prediction, um, early on he wasn't getting going. But towards the end of this game, you saw him becoming more reliable and more targeted as a receiver. Yeah, for Taylor Gabriel, it's just for a defender, you had to play off of him. If you play press uh, man coverage, you're going to get beat deep. He just has that speed. So you're getting, you're allowing a lot of this underneath stuff, and he's a really good route runner, especially stopping on a dime, coming back on those hitch routes, even out routes as well. That's why Taylor Gabriel is able to win, you know, the point of attack there. And then with uh, 
Tariq Cohen, on the other hand, you saw the the wheel route that he runs. It's it's a tough, tough, uh, you know, a route to guard for any defender, um, especially coming out of the backfield and going against whether it's a safety linebacker. It doesn't matter what it is. There's it's almost a it's a two two route combination. You're selling the out, going up, and that's why it's such such a hard uh, guard for Tariq Cohen, especially because you add on that speed as well. Those two guys, what it really comes down to is their speed. That makes them, you know, very tough to guard. But, yeah, again, Matt Nagy's calling up these plays, and it's working to perfection again, regardless of the quarterback. Do either of you guys have any final thoughts about the Bears' offense? I know we want to kind of truck along here. So anything else before we move on? On the audio mailbag, uh, we got a question about who's going to be the first Bears player other than a quarterback to throw uh, and I was not expecting it to be Anthony Miller. I don't even remember who I said my answer was, but that one got an answer today. Yeah, I said the exact same thing when that happened. Like, <laughs> audio mailbag uh, question it was yep. answered. You know, one thing I do want to say is that uh, Chase Daniel and his toughness, we didn't even mention that. He took what could what looked like a hyper-extended, it didn't look good on his leg where one of the defenders kind of rolls up into it, and he's kind of stretching it out there, and knowing that if it's, if it's not him, it's Tyler Bray that has to go into the game. But just the, the perseverance that Chase Daniels showed after that injury to do what he was doing, the very next play was a pass play. So that just shows, you know, the mental, the toughness, physical, mental that Chase Daniels displayed in this short week Thanksgiving game against a rival. And again, you know, a hat tip to him for that because uh, coming in on a short week, a little bit of notice to prepare for this game. Again, he played a very solid game throughout. Yes, like you mentioned, Nick, a couple of missed throws, which, Again, every quarterback is going to miss throws from time to time. And for him, someone who doesn't get a lot of starting experience, playing experience in this league to go out here and do what he did today, um, especially like you said, too, playing with toughness despite taking some of these hits, you just have to give him all the respect in the world for coming out there and putting our Bears in a position to win. And, of course, he needed a little bit of help from the defense, but we knew that coming into this week. We knew that we would have to rely on the defense, but we have all season. It's nothing new. Uh, so for Chase Daniel, again, to come out and do what he had to do today and find a way to execute – um, hat tip to him and hat tip to Matt Nagy, too, for coming out with a, a scheme and not holding back. Because uh, at first, I will say, it seemed like we were with a lot of screen passes early on, but then things started to open up. Uh, so for us to kind of keep that aggressive mentality after uh, maybe a little bit of a coy start, to me, uh, speaks volumes as confidence in number four as well. All right, so it's like a Madden game. We're going to skip halftime and jump right into the third quarter today. No halftime. So let's go ahead and talk about this Bears defense and to open things up, Nick, were you as concerned or am as concerned as I am about the tackling issues kind of rearing its head yet again? I know it's a short week, um, but another game where we're seeing this team, uh, a, an opponent put up a ton of yards against us after the catch. Yeah, there was a bunch of times uh, where defenders are in the perfect spots. All they got to do is wrap up. You saw Callahan miss a couple of tackles. Smith, I mean, there's just a bunch of missed tackles, which is concerning because that has been... Uh, along with the, you know the short passing game, quick passing game, hurting the Bears defense. This is another thing that you've seen consistently throughout. And yes, they they just played a game on Sunday night, but this is just the fundamentals. You learn this when you're the very when you first start playing football, how to wrap up, how to tackle. So that's something that, that definitely needs to get worked on. I think the Bears know about it. it. It kept those lines drives extended because they were able to just get those yards after a catch, like you were talking about. So it's a little worrisome. But now the Bears have this time off, and I know they're going to address this moving forward against uh, their next opponent. So definitely something that needs to get cleaned up. Brandon, when I was paying attention to this game on defense, I was walking in and out between the kitchen to the living room. I really need a, a TV in the kitchen. That's something I realized today about halfway yeah. through this game. Um, but we weren't getting to Stafford nearly as effectively as we were in the first meeting. Only four quarterback hits, two sacks. Remember, we sacked him six times. Uh, there were a few instances where I saw Cleo Mack was getting close, but unable to kind of close. Uh, for those who weren't able to watch today due to some, you know, 
circumstances with it being the holiday, why were the Bears uh, kind of shut down a little bit with their pass rush? Uh, because uh, Jim Bob Cooter and the uh, Detroit Lions offense had a scheme planned uh, to just get the ball out quick. I mean, they weren't as they weren't up to offense, but they just wanted to hit these quick slant routes, uh, these quick underneath routes, and things of that nature to be able to avoid Cleo Mack. And they would throw it right over top of him sometimes uh, because they want to throw it as a pressure because they know that's where the weak spot of the defense is going to be. That's not necessarily the case with Cleo Mack. He's a one man show. Uh, but they were really just targeting these these slant routes, these underneath routes, uh, things of that nature, trying to get that yak like you guys were just talking about uh, to be able to get some yards and produce an offense without uh, sacrificing Stafford's health a whole lot. And Nick, different question, but the same kind of scope. Garrett Blunt, he surprised me uh, with in the second half more than the first half. First half, he was only averaging his one point whatever yards per carry, which we're used to. Um, but then he was able to bump that average way up. I think he was averaging over five yards per carry in the second half. What would you credit that to? Was it uh, Detroit being more physical up front? Was the Bears defense being gassed with that short turnaround? Only 85 hours between uh, the end of one game and the start of another. What would you cont- uh, attribute the Bears' woes of stopping Detroit's rushing attack? It's actually just missed tackles because when you think about the 20 yarder that LeGarrette Blunt gets at the end there, uh, Callahan has him wrapped up but can't finish the play gets 20 yards and should have been blown right then and there. There's no 20 yard gain uh, on the touchdown run. Amos has him in the backfield. is not able to, you know, finish the tackle. There should be other guys flowing that way, but I think that's what really it was. It's just these missed tackles. These, these lack of finishing these tackles is really the, the big thing there. So it's not that uh, the bears really were out, you know, outpowered or outmanned or anything like that. At times they were, but I think the biggest thing, the biggest uh, reason why the Lions were able to get the running game going, especially with Garrett Blunt, was those missed tackles. So, again, we talked about it earlier that something that needs to get fixed because when the Bears go back and watch the film, they'll see, okay, this play should have gone for negative yards, but it went for plus seven, plus eight, whatever it may have been. So it all comes back to just finishing the play. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go to you first. Any specific player – Defensive line, linebacker, secondary that you want to kind of shed some light on before we wrap things up here for the defense? Uh, Eddie Goldman, especially late in the game against the run, I thought was very solid well, as well with Akeem Hicks as well. Those two guys, just per usual, just shutting things down. Uh, I mean, outside of the Garrett Blunt 20-yarder, uh, they were able to lock it down late, and that's why Stafford ended up having to throw the ball uh, late in those situations. I think they would have done anyway, just given the game situation. But uh, just shout out to those guys again for just continuously week in, week out, uh, shutting down their side of the running game anyway for the most part. Same thing to you, Nick. You know what? I'll give it to, I think, for, for Kyle Fuller, we saw some plays where, obviously, uh, um, you know, receivers are kind of getting open on him, and I, that was going to be a focal point for this Detroit offense. If they were going to have success, they had to find a way to attack Kyle Fuller and just win those one-on-one matchups. But you see at the end there, uh, even though it was a piss-poor route by the tight end, Kyle Fuller still <laughs> gets that interception there in the end zone, and that was huge for them. So Kyle Fuller's playing lights out. He's got five interceptions. That's tied for the most in the league right now. He's 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 become a ball hawk now, along with A. Jackson. That's great to see for Kyle Fuller. Absolutely. I mean, you guys hit on the really two big ones. I thought Roquan Smith, uh, he was, again, being very active, led the team with tackles with 11 today. Uh, he also had a sack in the first half of this game, too, which was another one coming off the blitz, which he seems to be getting more and more effective with those, which is going to be a great sign as we kind of enter this final stretch of the season. One more game. We're already into the fourth quarter of the year. And on top of that, too, um, you already talked on Kyle Fuller. You already talked about Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks. Khalil Mack, I was a little surprised with his shutout, right? Only one tackle today. Um, but Detroit, for the most part, every time I at least was paying attention, they were triple teaming him like no other, um, using like a weird triangle formation, too. So like no matter what angle he was going to try to do, 
it'd be very difficult to do anything today. And yes, there were a few times we was able to hurry Stafford, get there almost in time to get a sack, but uh, they had a plan for Cleo Mack today and they're able to take him out of the equation. And I'm not worried about Mack going forward. Obviously a perennial all pro talent. Who's going to be able to find a way to eat up again once we get to the, uh, New York, but still, I thought he would have a little bit of a bigger impact today, but regardless, the bears defense did enough to come away victorious today. And at the end of the day in a short week, that's something to be thankful for. It really is. All right, guys, and just like that, we're already in the fourth quarter. I don't know how I feel about these uh, quick hit post game shows, but regardless, it's the holiday, so we're going to go ahead and do this. A quick hit on special teams. I just want to give a shout out to Cody Parkey to start it off, hitting his field goal, hitting both extra points today against Detroit, the team where he hit the upright uh, with four times a couple weeks ago. So for him to have a short memory and to be perfect now two weeks in a row, uh, just speaks volumes to his character and his confidence as a kicker. So for me, Cody Parkey is going to get my quick nod. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up in this facet of the game? Disappointed in Mazzell's return game, uh, and I think something we'll have to touch on on a not expedited uh, podcast is the two-point conversion try. Yeah, it's with, I don't know why the situation called for that in the first yeah. place, and I understand being aggressive. And he, if he likes a call, he's going to go out there and do it, but yeah, I can yeah. see where that might need a little bit of a discussion for sure, but luckily you brought that up, so good call there before we kind of wrapped it up. Uh, Nick, over to you. Anything on special teams? You know, uh, Tariq Cohen actually had a pretty good return, even though it didn't go for many yards. I think it was maybe like 10 or something like that. But just finding uh, the the running lane there and just able to put Chase Daniel in that Bears office in a better position. Still would like to see two people on the Gunners. We'll wait to see if that ever happens. But uh, a <laughs> good return by Tariq Cohen there. Well, I know you don't live too far from Lake Forest, Nick, so just go there. Just drive Chris up Tabor. there. Gunners, put two people on the Gunners. That's going to be the weirdest thing that someone's complained about. In, I think at Gunners would not be how I would start that conversation. If you run up there, that might <laughs> put some panic going on in there, but uh that's I'm, very true. I'm confident <laughs> that you will figure it out by the time you had your uh, you know your mosey on over to Lake Forest. But guys, real quick, uh break out the red pens and let's grade this game overall. Again, anytime that you end up victorious against a divisional opponent on a short week or a shorter week than most with the night game with an early afternoon game. Curious where it's all going to pan out. Let's go back to Nick first. You know, this is interesting because a lot of things didn't go right for the Bears. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get a pass rush, but they still end up winning 23-16. to 16. It's because they have a better roster. So, with all that being said, and you have your backup going in uh, 80-something hours afterwards uh, from the Sunday night game, I'll give this uh, game a B plus. I, re- I think that for the Bears, whatever what they were able to do, take care of business, come out with a victory, and not have everything going right for them, that, that speaks volumes to what this team is capable of, the, the talent on this team, the coaching, all that. So I'm going to give it a B-plus for this one. All right, B-plus for Nick. What about you, B? Uh, I've got a black pen in my hand, so that's close <laughs> enough, right? Uh, I'm going to give this one just I'm, – I'm with Nick. I'm going to give it a B-plus. Uh, just given the circumstances on a short week, backup quarterback in, I mean, nothing really looked any sort of different. It was the same aggressiveness in the playbook that was being called on offense. And uh, the team was really put on – Put on the back by the defense uh, they were able to close this one out ice it late and when things aren't going right for you necessarily throughout the entirety of the game it looked like Detroit wanted this one a little bit more than they did in Soldier Field a couple weeks ago uh, they were able to answer the challenge and was able to put the game away so uh, I give it a B plus just given all the circumstances this was a very good grinded out game by the Bears absolutely I'm giving it an A guys I really am because I mean we all we talked about all of the little scenarios here and I don't really need to rehash it but again not one aspect of this game that I feel like, okay, the offense is throwing this away with Chase Daniel. The defense is throwing it away in a short week. The special teams is blundering again. Not one moment did I feel like any specific player or aspect of this game, any phase was really 
holding us back. And even though it wasn't a perfect game from start to finish, uh, with it, all of the variables in play with the short week with the backup quarterback who only did a couple of walkthroughs leading into this game to, uh, like you mentioned, Nick, the Bears unable to really stop the run or even establish the run themselves. They still made the plays when they needed to do so, and they found a way to win three divisional games here in a 12-game stretch, which uh, entering this, we thought that was going to be a very tough task, and they rose to the challenge, and it got tougher without Trubisky, and they still rose to the challenge yet again to come away with now their fifth, was that, is it now five straight wins? Five straight wins. That's insane. That really is. Like This team has won five straight, and that is a ton to be thankful for because we knew after the Patriots game, the schedule got a little bit easier with Minnesota being the big game. And now we have the Rams coming up in a couple weeks as well. But right now, the Bears are taking care of business week in, week out. And Tony Romo was talking about it right before I shut off the TV about you don't want to go up against the best defense in the league in the playoffs. I agree with them, and this team behind this defense, and you better believe what the attitude that this defense plays with now, wait till it kicks up a few notches in the playoffs. And if this offense can keep up like we know they can, this team can make some serious noise, and I'm excited for the remainder of this season. And, guys, I'm ready to start throwing out the P word. I'm ready for the playoffs and see what exactly what this Bears <laughs> team can do. Uh, I think I jumped right into my two-minute warning, so I'm going to go over to you guys for that. Uh, wrap up this game, and I want you to end. Uh, let's be festive. Let's end on one thing you're thankful for. I don't care if it's Bears-specific or not. Brandon, you're up first. All right. Uh, so this this was just a great grinded-out game, especially in a very short week. Uh, this is one that I was nervous as the game went on as far as whether or not they're going to be able to pull it off. And you look at the big picture of things, this team is just so deep, and it's very nice to see, even when it comes to the backup quarterback. I have faith in Chase Daniel to be able to get the job done because he answered the call every time Detroit scored. He turned around was able to put up points you know, on pretty much the next ensuing possession that the Bears had on offense. And he didn't turn the ball over, so it was a very good job by our backup quarterback to go in there and do exactly what he was asked to do. I thought he played a very good game. If we can get the run game established, it's going to help him out again in the future if he has to play again, although I don't really want that to happen. But regardless, uh, the defense, again, just playing absolutely lights out. I uh, love it. it I, I think the Bears are a much better team. Well, obviously, any team's much better when they have a defense like this that are able to put up points. Uh, when the offense is struggling. So just a very, very good job by the team. This one really, like I said, just to grind it out. And one thing that I'm thankful for, I'm just thankful for for you guys and all the listeners of the podcast, friends and family, uh, really just supporting us throughout this venture. And it's it's been a blast. I'm looking forward to more shows ahead. Yeah, it's cool. Like family comes over and they're like, so how's the show going? And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Because I haven't seen them since like Christmas of last year. So it's like, oh, let me tell you, the Bears are winning and it's a lot of fun, which is you know, the tune's a complete 180 compared to where it was this time a year ago. Um, but, Nick, how about you? What's going to be your two-minute warning here on Thanksgiving? Yeah, so the Bears are 8-3. and three. They are a team that you don't want to mess with because they can. They have offensive weapons and they have a defense that can close out a game with special playmakers, Khalil Mack, A. Jackson, and, you know, the list goes on and on. So the Bears are a team, regardless of what the opponent is, who the opponent is, they're going to be able to compete with them uh, until the entire, until the final whistle blows. So that is just a great feeling knowing that the Bears, like you said it, well, this is a playoff team. And once they get to the playoffs, let's see what kind of run they can actually make. So just be excited uh, that the Bears are able to come out with this victory, improve to eight and three. And then something that I'm thankful for as uh, the show is going on, I heard the doorbell ring. I hear just family members kind of walking down. Thankful for my family because they've always supported me throughout whatever ordeal that I'm dealing with, uh, you know, even with the podcast, like how the podcast going and, you know, it's obviously going great. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. 
Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Especially with the Bears winning, but having my family, that you know, that core group uh, behind me is always something that I'm going to be thankful for. Good stuff there. And you better tell your family that I said Happy Thanksgiving on behalf of us. I mean, I miss your dad and your mom, your brothers, your grandma, your <laughs> uncle. I miss them all. So I will let sure. them know downstairs. Perfect. All right. That's good stuff. All right, guys. And that's going to do it for this episode. And I saw there's over 300 people here watching live on Thanksgiving, which it's really rec- incredible. It's remarkable. And I appreciate you checking out our show. And I'm also thankful that you care so much about the Bears to be checking in with this. I know you have other plans going on. And I also know that not everybody listening is in the state. So it's not a holiday for them, but for everyone who it is a holiday for, just thank you so much for giving us some of your time here on this Thanksgiving. And for everyone else worldwide, just like each and every week, thank you for tuning into the show. So I hope that you enjoyed today's expedited post-game show. And on, again, on behalf of all of us at the Bears Brothers, we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. We're going to be back soon. But until then, go grab some seconds. Stuff yourself tonight. Have a good time. Enjoy the holiday. Eight and three, guys. Eight and three are Chicago Bears. Life is good yet again. So until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.